Now you can find, listen and subscribe to Chilling with Jens and the local Danfoss Climate Solution podcast in your RevTools app. Download it from danfoss.com. Service and support. Downloads. Hi, I'm Jens and I work for Danfoss Cooling. In this podcast, I'll be talking to my friend and longtime colleague, John Broughton, about compressors and why they fail. John is an experienced field service engineer who has been working with refrigeration systems in most of the UK and is now a senior global application expert here at Danfoss. I interviewed him while he was visiting the Danfoss head office in Denmark, so please ignore the background noise and the start of the interview. Just the uh, the level to yeah. see how it works, but it's 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 about um, why does compressors fail? Uh, but I think we should maybe sort of limit or put the frames around compressors. I mean, uh, we have quite a few different types of compressors yes. out there in the wild. Yeah. So if we're talking about um, say reciprocating. And scrolls, um, then which one of the two would you say is more, say, uh, sensi- sensitive to to errors and, and and things like that? Can you can you do that? I mean, is it possible? They they both have the place. Yeah. Um, and a scroll was traditionally an air conditioning compressor. That's where the technology came from. Um, And then the technology has changed and the way the scroll sets are made has changed and evolved so it can be used in refrigeration and air conditioning. Um, So depending on the application, you can use, you know, reciprocating or or scroll. Mm. Um, There is a commerciality to it. Um, Obviously, the reciprocating compressor is generally larger, generally heavier, um, and some would say more robust um, than a scroll, uh, and can handle more challenging applications. Yeah, but from a downforce point of view, uh, that's where the challenge becomes, because you know we sell scrolls for low temperature, we sell scrolls for high temperature, uh, we also sell reciprocating for low temperature and high temperature, so it's a bit of both. Good. Uh, John, if we uh, look at, say, the most common errors, uh, regardless whether it's it's, it's uh, reciprocating or if it's uh, scrolls, where would you say the, the, the most errors occur or what, what type of errors occur? The mostly? most common reason for failure of a compressor is lack of lubrication. So that is lack of oil in the crankcase. Yeah, um, and whether that is caused by liquid migration in the system, not coming back to the compressor because of bad pipework design, uh, incorrect suction velocity coming back to the machine, so the oil is uh, carried over by the action of the compressor uh, into the discharge side, into the condenser, and it should come back to the machine if your suction velocity is right, if your piping design is correct. Um, then generally you should get your oil back to the machine unless you're in low temperature applications so minus uh, minus 20 ish evaporating 
then obviously you've got a very cold evaporator and oil when it's cold uh, yeah is not very viscous so it generally stays in the evaporator so in low temperature applications you should have an oil separator to uh, capture the oil as it leaves the compressor and then is returned to the compressor yeah. um, so yeah and then there's the other challenge with oil is when the oil is washed out of the machine um, with liquid flood back um, uh, due to the action of the evaporator maybe the expansion valve is not set up correctly uh, and you'll get liquid back to your machine which would then dilute the oil and uh, flash off and then mm. it uh, then you lose the lubricating effect of the oil and the consequences. Yeah, and that would be that. superheat, but I guess also, um, say, um, pump down? Yeah, it's a combination. The The most common one is incorrectly adjusted expansion valve. Yeah, um, superheat. Superheat, so you have a very low superheat, so you bring liquid back to your compressor. Yeah. Uh, the other one is uh, not pumping down during a defrost cycle particularly on low temperature if you don't pump down in low temperature as soon as the cooler comes off defrost um, it's very hot the expansion valve opens uh, wide and will basically flood liquid back to your machine so it, it's good control methodology of your evaporator the the defrost the defrost time the pump down uh, drip down fan delay uh, mm. all those have an effect yeah. Would that have anything to do with the MOP in a, an expansion valve? No, um, the MOP setting is the maximum operating pressure. Uh, MOP is there and is designed uh, as an example if you have a cold room uh, full of uh, let's say a, a hot produce, so maybe in an abattoir for example, um, if you have an abattoir with uh, freshly uh, slotted pigs then you have a very high back pressure so an MOP valve is there to protect your compressor against a high back pressure okay uh, yeah. so when it gets when the suction pressure gets to a certain point basically the valve closes to protect your your compressor against uh, overload electrical overload with a high back pressure okay yeah thanks okay so Oil is, uh, say, a major uh, consideration when mm. we're talking compressors. Yes. Um, where, are there anything else that you you see out there in <laughs> in the wild that that <laughs> uh, could cause, um, say, uh, problems with compressors? I I would say the most common cause, particularly in northern Europe, let's say is uh, not looking after your compressor, not keeping the compressor warm in the off cycle. So the use of crankcase heater, the use of uh, jackets on the compressor to maintain that, that temperature. You're supposed to maintain uh, the uh, temperature of the compressor 10 degrees above ambient, uh, so you don't uh, degrade the oil, so you don't uh, get any liquid migration back to the compressor. Mm. Um, so that that's also a, a big point and one thing that people don't think about when a compressor condensing unit is on a roof in a prevailing wind in the winter time um, that gets incredibly cold yeah. and if you have let's say a small crankcase heater 
uh, that sometimes is not good enough to do the job. So you need a, an extra belt type heater, yeah. and if the compressor is suction gas cooled, then also a jacket to, to really keep that warmth in yeah. the compressor. Okay. Uh, because liquid migration in off cycle is, is quite a challenge to the machine. Yeah. When we're talking about um, all these types of failures, uh, we have a statistic saying that contamination is um, a, a failure that uh, seems to be uh, fairly often. Do you agree with that? Um, I, I think the contamination could be uh, oil contamination if the oil is degraded. Mm, yeah. um, it could be foreign particles in there. Um, I have seen uh, uh, roof chippings in the sump of a compressor before now yeah. um, that have obviously been introduced to the pipework during the installation uh, and then have found their way back to the compressor so I see strange things like that. Mm -hmm. um, I see a lot of copper filings yeah. from pipework deburring uh, in the, the bottom of a, of a compressor. Um, the contamination of the oil generally is an issue because if the oil is contaminated, contaminated it, you, it loses its lubricating uh, functionality. Um, one of the probably biggest causes of that is another challenge that we get is that people run the compressors with a very high discharge temperature so they don't bring uh, cool suction gas back to the machine which is an effect of setting up of the expansion valve. So we don't have uh, 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 a good suction superheat coming back to the machine. And by that I mean we need some superheat down the suction line. Uh, so we in ensure that we're not bringing liquid back to the machine. But we don't want 30 Kelvin of superheat, otherwise we start and cook the compressor. So we need cool suction gas coming back to the machine to keep it nice and, and, and cool. Mm -hmm. If we don't get that, then that has a direct correlation to the discharge temperature, discharge pressure, which then uh, makes the machine work very hot, which then can start to degrade the oil. Yeah, okay. Um, so again, it's, it's, we keep returning to oil, basically, and, and, and lubrication and, yeah. and the uh, yeah. issues with that. Correct. Oil is the lifeblood of the compressor yeah. at the end of the day. Um, I liken the compressor to a heart and the oil to the blood. So if okay. the heart is not working or you don't mm. have any blood in you, then you're yeah. not going to live very long. And it's very, very same with the compressor. Yeah. Does This is maybe a silly question, but does oil get old in the sense that you per automatic needs to uh, renew oil at certain, like with a car for instance? Generally no, um, but if the compressor is run in its within its operating envelope and you respect that operating envelope and by that I mean the suction temperature and the discharge, sorry, the suction pressure and the discharge pressure, so you keep that machine in its happy place, mm. then the oil will be fine. But as soon as you start operating the compressor very close to the edge of its envelope, then you will challenge the oil and degrade it. So if you come across a come across a compressor that has, you know, the oil in the sight glass is black, mm, yes. then it's a very good 
idea to remove that oil and to recharge it with virgin oil. At the same time of doing that, make sure you do an acid test on the oil to make sure there's no acid in the system. Uh, Acid is a uh, consequence of heat uh, and moisture. So if you have any moisture in the system, if your filter dryer is not uh, uh, doing its job, maybe it's uh, saturated, then you should replace the uh, liquid line dryer. Um, but if you if you have acid in there, then you should fit a uh, acid uh, core to capture that uh, acid in the system. Uh, best place to put that is in the suction line. So the suction gas coming back to the machine is uh, cleaned of the, the acid and obviously the moisture at the same time. Thank you, John for your valuable inputs and we will for sure keep an eye on the compressor oil pipe works and the correct oil return in future. We would greatly appreciate feedbacks and suggestions to future refrigeration topics or if you have specific questions to this episode please leave a comment on the Chilling with Jens SoundCloud page. I will look forward to hearing from you. We would also appreciate it if you would click like, share and repost to help us spread the word about Chilling with Jens and the evaporative refrigeration. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon on the next episode. Until then, stay cool. This podcast was brought to you by Danfoss Cooling. Please feel welcome to visit us at danfoss.com and maybe sign up for some of our cool e-learning classes. Thank you.